DJ, drop a beat. Not another podcast. 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 Those people are the freaks, man. They're hookers, so it's fine. James. Meth is a hell of a drug. Okay, bitch, it's on. Price. You know what really grinds my gears? I bet they're Brazilianaires. Samantha. Get out now or sting, get weaved. When we're really <laughs> desperate, we put our hands underneath his balls. Big Jim. I know my way around a joke. Been shaving your own pubic hair for years? No, I've just been collecting it. I'm not weird. Danny. Don't want to sound like a dick or nothing. Had an expansive bookmark collection. What the hell is wrong with you people? Not another podcast. How are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Uh, better than I was last week. And the oh, week before. What, what happened last week and the week before? And the week before. Oh. And before that, and, and before, before that, before. and before that, the lang- the Langoliers. Is it the Langoliers? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Those those assholes. No, we're we're finally through our mostly through our conversions shit. So <sighs> it's been a slog. What are you uh, converting? Uh, we we're going from one automation service to another. Oh, and so it's a whole thing. It's always a whole fucking thing. It's a whole fucking thing. Well, the good news is is we're finding out how bad the traffic department is screwing up. And uh, I've got a a meeting with uh, all the program directors and the GM (coughs) to discuss how to make the traffic department better. Oh, oddly enough, no one from the traffic department's involved in the meeting. (laughs) Well, no, you wouldn't. I mean, why would they be? I mean, that makes no sense. Why? (laughs) You're, you're, you're talking about them. You don't want them there hearing the horrible things that you're going to say. I about feel them. like there's going to be a meeting with the traffic department. That's going to start much the same way that you're firing at KUFO happened. <laughs> well, with them just laying out a, a, a lead pipe. So we had a head belt. count. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are all fucking fired. So I'm going to sit here and eat this club sandwich and watch you all weep into your hands. <laughs> Could you could you cry into this cup? Uh, salty tears really brings out the flavor of the sandwich. Well, I mean, in all sincerity, and I don't mean to make light, but I mean that is kind of my fucking job here. But I mean, contract. when it comes to traffic, doing traffic uh, in Portland is a lot like doing weather in Los Angeles. It's going to be the same every single day. Beaverton should be nuked from orbit. It is a parking lot. Don't go to it. If you're there, try to leave, but don't use the, the, the roads. Use a pack mule or a portal gun or whatever it is you got handy. This is, this is you're how not getting I know out. It's, it's been a long time since you've been in radio. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about that traffic. Oh, you mean like people yeah. listening to the station? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this ear, ear traffic. No, commercial traffic. Commercial. Tra- okay. Yeah, the guys so who wait. schedule the commercial. That's the traffic so, department. So the guy, uh, not I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm not that far removed, James. Okay, so the guys who make the commercial are stuck in traffic, right? And they can't get there to get the commercials. I get it, James. I was there. I remember. It was horrible. Them sitting there this long. It was like the end of Field of Dreams. There was just like this long line of cars. Guys were like, I've got commercials. Like they're in there car like waving it out the window like a like a press release like dewey beats truman or whatever yeah it's rough times sure jim sure traffic oh are, are those your sister wives sam <laughs> yes 
That was <laughs> disturbing to see. I just didn't... like all of a sudden. When did you move to Utah? Yeah. Well, oh, know. Utah is a state it, of mind, my friend. It came and got me. Yeah. You don't go to Utah. You just Utah come for you. you. Yeah. <laughs> no we one were going to call it. <laughs> we were going to call it you gone, but we figured that's two on the nose. So we called it Utah. <laughs> Which this, is actually the long version of it is you. Uh, well, we're, the the last the time the three of us were together, we ended up talking about Mormonism in Utah. And now Samantha's living it. <laughs> You know, and at well, the end, we're gonna stuff a stuff one of my exes into a bear and light him on fire. Like you, what, what, yeah. what are you gonna burn with it? Like a, a shark or something? <laughs> no, was, you know, was, we're, we're gonna take yeah. his best friend and we're gonna empty out his body and fill him with straw, and so he, you know, and cloves and other mm-hmm. spices because you want him to taste good. Ooh, roast him up with some garlic. And, before we do that, we're gonna down some hallucinogens. Well, I think that what isn't there like a form of uh, polygamy where it's like the one woman with like many husbands? Uh, that's like against the church or whatever. Uh, because because women don't, don't have rights, world. Jim. Yeah, women don't exactly. <laughs> it's unheard of, and it's against God for a woman to have many husbands. But a man. Wow, you sound just like one of. <laughs> they programmed her real good. Real huh? good. <laughs> they, got, they got that file downloaded. <laughs> I like it. There's like there's one guy, one dude right here. I didn't even see him. I just I, I, I just noticed was... him. Oh. Um, yep, everyone else he is... prefers God to be damn, called just... she. That's a good movie. Though. Pronouns matter. I, okay. He actually identifies as a dust broom. <laughs> so that's, I mean, when you got this many people in your entourage, you don't really need, you know, husband number 16, side piece number 41. Like it gets, it gets monotonous after a while. You're just a number. Associate as, you know, something useful. Jim is speaking the from experience. Mm. Hey, well, I mean, uh, Jim, Samantha wrote a short story. Did you read it? Y- yeah, <laughs> yes, I totally did. I did it. I, I did Good, it. Good like, because it's uh, so it's time early. for Big Jim's book nook <laughs> okay, featuring great. Samantha's story. <laughs> Do you want me to give you a rundown before you start? No, he Ooh, read yeah. it. He said yeah, he read it. I did. I just need the title again, if I could. What was he, the, he title? the title? It's the title. Oh, um, just to get the juices re- re- rejuvenated in my head. Remember the title? Oh my god! You don't remember from the title the of "From the Deep"? From the Deep? From well, yeah. The deep. Well, yeah. I remember reading "From the Deep." It's a, it's a, it's a tale as old as time, actually. Uh, from the Deep. This is gonna be so good. Is uh, it's actually a tragic origin tale of Charlie Tuna, and uh, in in the depths of the ocean, no one can see you cry. Uh, and the salt of the sea washes away any sadness in the tuna, right? Like he gave, he was like the giving tree, right? He sold out his family, his friends, everybody's getting yanked up onto that boat, right? And and Char- Benedict Charlie had to go back and look at his other sea aquatic friends, look them in the face every day. My God, Sam, you captured the the essence of of the. The, mon- the mundanity or the mundanity? The, the, it being real mon- 
monotony. That one too. All of them together. Just all the like, M words. All the M words. Monopoly. McGippoly, that movie that that, that <laughs> Mel Gibson was in before he went crazy. My Yeah. From the deep, right? And like he came. Where did where did Charlie Tuna come from? Huh? Where did Charlie Tuna? Where did humanity, if you think about it, if you boil Sam's story down, if you read between the lines like I did twice, okay, I read the subtext that was there, and it is shocking. Am I close, Sam? Pretty close? Like, uh, I mean, dead on. Yeah. Pretty I'm like a zit it's on done. the nose right there. I don't even need an editor or beta readers. We're just yeah. going straight Wow, forward. that is so not the story I read. Did I you bet send James him a different simple. copy, like an updated copy? Nope, same copy as you. I did not get any of that. Well, James, I guess some of us are able to understand literature and others can just stare at it until they're out of pages. That's so clearly, you're the ladder. <laughs> clearly, I am a ladder. <laughs> I have been used. I've been climbed. I, you I have a kid, though, so like true. That's yeah. I mean, Sam, if you want to give like a more pedestrian uh, adaptation of From the Deep, I'm sure the listeners with a, a less attuned ear as you and I uh, might appreciate. Yeah. Right. So like, like, just like you said, it is about Mm -hmm. creatures from the deep. Uh, Mm. Unfortunately, the character is not called Charlie Tuna. Um, Oh, okay. (laughs) Tommy, sorry, Charlie, Tommy. I was, I was looking at someone and I was thinking Charlie. Jim, can I just uh, tell you how much I've missed you? Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hard to hate. That's true. I didn't realize how much I needed a good laugh until today. So thank you, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) I live but to serve. So creatures (laughs) from the deep. I'm I'm intrigued now. I'm I'm listening. So I wrote this several years ago, actually, as like Ryan and I were doing um like a writing, a creative writing experiment where I would put my music on shuffle and we would hit play and then whatever song came up we'd listen to and then we'd add 10 minutes to write a song or write a song to write a story and then anything that sort of came of that mm-hmm. we expounded upon it did stretch this one out a little bit sent it to my friend who was like yeah this could totally be like a young adult novel and i was like really huh um but i'm coming to realize that i don't think that i'm a novelist because i'm a very straightforward writer and that's not always that doesn't always go with the longevity (laughs) so i'm like novella short story that's probably gonna be my sweet spot so i stuck with short story and because i haven't read it and i haven't really worked on it in so long i decided to send it to you guys uh as as to have you guys as my alpha readers because i'm putting together a short story collection so from the deep is um two teenage couples that take out their their uh their their seat they live in a seaside town and they go steal their their dad's uh one of their dad's boats to go joyriding in the middle of the night um during this big like so it's a very slavic you know town um they have a mermaid festival every year uh sweet slavic, yeah the slavic mermaid is called a rusalka so there's legend that they there were several in these waters at some point and um these teenagers run into the rusalka and then get horribly hit it with a boat 
No, yes. no. Yeah, I said, don't. <laughs> um, Did yeah, you yeah, hear something? They, <laughs> what's that? Uh, then they get horribly, horribly murdered. Both couples? Just, just one couple, although I think as I expand on it, um, I, I'm not sure if it's going to be just two people or, but I'm definitely got to up the gore and horror. So I like it if it was like uh, one from one couple and one from the other. So now you've got two broken relationships and these two people that it's like they don't want to be around one another, but they're kind of bound by That's not their love of tuna idea. fish and, <laughs> you know, commercial Tommy. spokespeople. Right. Tommy and Charlie, hello. Go out. Charlie is a unisex name, short for Charlotte. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying, if you can work it in, we can get some sponsorship. You know, maybe talk to the Miracle Whip people. Actually, I have an idea for another short story for this collection that was inspired by you, Jim. Oh, is it about a guy who loses his mind? (laughs) Mayonnaise. You know, it's about. Do you know the mayonnaise man? about us yeah we don't go to his house yeah it's it's really squishy (laughs) i live in a swamp (laughs) welcome to mayonnaise man (laughs) that's the song that's where these people are from (laughs) (laughs) when you need white folk come to mayonnaise town you know that was the original title for the music man the mayonnaise man The capital T that rhymes with P and that stands for poutine, which would go great with mayonnaise. <laughs> oh man, good with mayonnaise. No, Let's Samantha. Samantha submitted the the story to us, and uh, she she asked all of us like, uh, uh, "Hey, would you guys be interested in being beta readers?" And I was like, "Yes, give me something to read because I'm fucking bored." <laughs> <laughs> I have plenty of stuff for you to read. I'm, I, there's a lot of stuff I'm working on. I'm a slow writer, so that's sort of my problem. Is like one of my friends, my friend Jimmy, is just like can just pump out stuff, and I'm like, man, how do you fucking do that? And I'm just like, I have a lot of time one on sentence, my hands, and I'm like, Samantha, man, that's this has been a long day. <laughs> well, when I began getting serious about trying to get my young adult book kind of ball rolling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got on the, um, what was it? The Masterclass website and was just sort of absorbing all of this, you know, uh, invaluable information. Uh, one of the best notes that I wrote down when I was going through, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy that wrote, um, like, uh, I don't know, he wrote a shit ton of stuff. He's a phenomenal uh, uh, writer. Brandon uh, the, Sanderson? Uh, no, the news. You wrote the newsroom. Uh, oh, Aaron Sorkin. Or, yes, Aaron Sorkin. When he's talking about writing, uh, it's uh, him and Judy Bloom had similar things where it's like, if you know, you want to, if you want to get into that rhythm, you know, there'll be days where it'll be a trickle, and there'll be other days where it's a fire hose. But if you just manage to get down a little something. Uh, each day, it helps keep that um, uh, that muscle kind of getting worked out. Yeah. You know, I'm the I'm the same way. Like I will go through these long dry spells, and I'll be thinking about how much I should be writing. You know, but it's like I don't know where to go with it. 
you know, and sometimes I'm able to just sort of let the story kind of take me places. And then I get to a point where I'm just like, wow, that's, that sounds fun. What's going to happen next? Ah, oh, shit. I'm the guy that's supposed to figure that out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, okay. That's, that's something that I've been trying to sort of let go of is that, you know, there's that pressure. Like, uh, like I said, Brandon Sanderson, he wrote five novels. Well, one that will be a graphic novel but he wrote four full novels in a graphic novel during covid or like during lockdown yeah and he's going to be coming out with them as he goes through the editing process and i'm just like what? fuck you man so it's well, like there's yeah. that people but you can't compare yourself to people like that like stephen no. king is like you write every single day well um, yeah Michael when you've got cocaine as your muse <laughs> it's I mean... real easy real easy <laughs> um taika watiti says something that i really take to heart is and i have it here uh, a bad script for stories you know any writing I, I would attribute this to um a bad script written is better than an amazing one that isn't Ooh. And um, Quentin Tarantino also says done is better than perfect. <laughs> I was so, say, Quentin Tarantino also said all of his are bad. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, done is better than perfect. So it's like those types of things I'm trying to really take to heart because that's sort of where my mentality is instead of trying to force myself to write every single day yeah. and get to this number count. It's just too much pressure and I'm much more loosey goosey. Yeah. Um, and plus Same. the depression yeah. has not been my friend. So that's really stopped me from doing a lot. Um and do then, you listen to uh do you listen to anything while you while you write or do you need it to be like silent? I listen to music. So okay. I'll just bebop along. Yeah. Uh I've found that there's one particular piece of music that I listen to, and it's it's the album. It's the entire album. I've talked about it before. Ren and Stimpy. The <laughs> no, the Mike Oldfield Tubular Bells. Uh, essentially, it starts with the uh, the Exorcist theme, mm. and then it just continues to build and morph and change and all this stuff. And like I listen to that album; it's forty eight minutes long. It's not it's not a long uh, investment of your time, but it's like in my head, I'll be like, if I could just put in one hour's worth of writing, then you know, or at least put some work for an hour into it each day, then that's something. This is my cheat because it's only forty eight minutes. But the thing is. By the time it gets to the end of the album, I'm I got the the ball rolling, so I can't just shut it off. I got to get to a, a like a save point almost. Yep. But I'm also very loosey goosey. I've got like some some bullet points for where I want to take the story, but ultimately, uh, what'll happen is I'll just start kind of like stream of consciousness, kind of going uh, with this idea, and then it takes me over here and over there, and I'm like, well, shit, okay, this is all good, but. I don't know. I mean, I don't know where to go from here. And then I have to sit and, and, and sort of, you know, muse on it for a while, but I'm at page number like 130 and I haven't gotten through the main character's first week of eighth grade yet. So that's, that's a long, there's going to be a lot to be pared down and, or, you know, I don't know. It, it, to me, I feel like it reads almost like a, a, a screen or like a, a, a TV show, but I kind of want that. I want that quick pace, quick snark, uh, good sarcasm with poignant moments kind of all blended together. But yeah, no, I understand the, the feeling when you're like, I know I should be putting more effort in there, but if there's nothing there, you kind of got to just accept the fact that there's nothing to put down on the page. Does it mean you can't go back and polish up other stuff? And sometimes that'll help, you know, generate a spark to help yeah. get you past where you're at now. 
That's very true. So for myself, uh, <clears throat> I, I'm very much like you guys. I'm very loosey goosey. Problem is now is I have deadlines. Mm-hmm. I I'm three seasons deep into Homestead now, and I've I'm at the point now where I have to start season four because uh, it takes a while to write a full season. Yeah, and I would imagine. Yeah, and I I also have to break that up with recording and producing the current season. You know, so um, I'm like you, Jim, like if I can't write something fresh, I'll go back to like the last episode and polish it up. And yeah, um, but something that I do do, uh, at least for Homestead, is I will write the first episode and then I will write the last episode uh, because then I have a start point and an end point. So uh, uh, for for instance, last season, season two, I knew uh, the season started with Fox leaving and how is that going to going to start things? And then at the, the end, I knew that I wanted everything to be so bad that uh, essentially it was a cliffhanger. I, I set up a cliffhanger. So it was like, okay, so how do I get these characters from point A to point B? What's their journey? And what are the things that are going to be seeds that I can plant that may not necessarily, uh, flower here this season but two or three seasons down yeah you know i mean it's and and because of that i feel like i could probably sit down now if if i had a good enough idea to write a novel using that same mentality okay here's the start point here's the end point here are all the things that i want to happen now i have to figure out where they go in this little puzzle you know, and how is that going to move the story along? What are the seeds I can plant early that are going to blossom later on and have the audience going, what the fuck just happened? You know, so, and and Samantha actually laid that out really well with, I mean, I I would call it a very basic skeleton of what you wrote. Definitely. Um, But there were, there were hints of like really great stuff. And that story alone, I think you could take to a novel yeah, that's what my friend told me too, and he's um, he's a writer because so. just alone okay. uh, the, setting up the main character's life, you know where she lives, why the mermaid festival is so important in this town, and really you could spend two or three chapters alone on the legend of those creatures. Yeah, and that's what I think my my biggest problem is. I like to get to the point, and I have trouble with putting the in between details. Well, and I think what you did is great. Get to the point and then go back and flesh it out. Yeah. I mean, I do that all the time. Is what what is the the what is the nuts and bolts of the story? Get that written down. And then go back and go, okay, now that I know exactly what this story is in its in its core, now I can start fleshing out the characters. Now I can start fleshing out the scenes and and make it scarier or make it you know, add some mystery, you know, really have fun with it. Yeah. Um, what you have, uh, I was, I was completely intrigued. And like I told you when, when I gave you my notes is because it's so bare bones, it left me wanting so much more. I wanted to know about the character. I really wanted to know more about the creatures. That was your same feedback for the pool as well. 
Yeah. Even though that is nowhere near done. That was just the first like section, but like, yeah, that's well, my biggest problem. The same thing too with the uh the hero teddy bear short story, like the one page yeah. guy that like I get to the end and it was like as I was running out of words, I was pissed because I'm like, <laughs> I want more. I need to know what happens next. And like that's how you know, you know, as as they say, you got a stew going, you know. So, I've always felt that I I have good ideas. It's just my execution needs to improve to correctly portray those ideas. So my execution needs to get better. Well, how do we do that, Stark? How yeah. do we do that? How do we get that happening? We get I would that honestly do it. like. <laughs> And and I think I think you can do this, and I think we've we've already kind of touched on it, but I think Jim's idea of setting aside an hour mm-hmm. where you just focus on the one story—if nothing comes out, nothing comes out—that's fine. But you set aside an hour, mm-hmm. and you worked on it for an hour, even if you just got the word "the" down. Mm-hmm. And you can break it up any way you want. If you only got twenty minutes, uh, you know, throw it in. Um, if you know, it's just uh, one of those days where it's just not feasible. That's fine. Just try and work a little extra, mm-hmm. you know, the following day. But so long as you're thinking about it, so long as it's, you know, ricocheting around uh, up in that, you know, magnificently dark and twisted head of yours <laughs> that's dripping with mayonnaise and wrong and, 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 and so much teddy bears and, right and, and, and mermaids killing love. And I mean, I'm loving all of that. Uh, you know, you, you've got these, these awesome tenements. What I do that might, uh, help as well, because <clears throat> I've never written anything this, this big before. And it's just, it's just continuously uh, grown and grown. And what I've done is, uh, like I said, I've got my bullet points that I want to get to. I, I think of those in, in a way of like the big tent poles for like a tent. And it's just getting that you know, getting to that next big tent, you know, what's going to be the, what's going to be the, the, the in-between meat that connects these two uh, uh, main pieces together to get, to move on to the next one. So uh, at the end of the last thing that I've written below that, I put all the bullet points I could think of from that, from that point in the story till the end. And uh, even if it's just like one sentence, like, okay, and then this would happen and that would happen, blah, 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 blah. Just so that I have all of those to be like, okay, so as I'm going through and I hit a block, what can I do? I'll go back through my list and be like, oh, this would be a perfect time to bring in this thing. Or like James was saying, plant this seed for later on down the road. So then by that time, you've got that fertile ground uh, uh, and you've got the audience just salivating. Just, oh, I got to get, get more. I got to get another book. You got another, you got another Stark book, goddammit, uh, to go to the beach with. Why is this one covered in mayonnaise? Uh, <laughs> oh, you brought the exclusive edition. Yeah, it's a, bo- it's a book that comes submerged in a jar of mayonnaise. Oh, like wrapped in plastic? No, no, it's just a book in mayonnaise. And then if you read it out loud, you're going to summon the mayonnaise god. Much like... Mano from, uh, <laughs> from The Craft. They were saying it wrong. That's why that movie ended like that. It yeah. should have, if they would have said Mayo yeah, instead of Mano, then they As all would have had a lovely so picnic. <laughs> they would have had a lovely picnic. See, like all the lily white people behind you, Sam, they would have had a great time. Some would have worn salad in their hair for oh some fucked God. up reason. Yeah, like right over here. Yeah. It's the greatest picnic ever. 
As Egypt. above, so mayo. <laughs> to the south. Ah, yes! There's the show right there. As above, so, so mayo. mayo. <laughs> I feel like we do good works here. I feel we do. <laughs> for the mentally infirm and psychotic. Oh you know, it gives God. them an hour. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. There's there's a few stories that and I think one of the things that's sort of, that's sort of nice about trying to do a short story collection is that um I can sort of work on what's calling to me at the moment. You know, cuz they're all you know different. Mhm. Um but they're all horror in nature. Like the there's one that I'm particularly excited about where a guy's wife gets turned into a wind-up doll. Oh, yeah. uh, we've all been there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Marie just needs a good crank in every day. <laughs> Your words. <laughs> Your brother husbands are not going to be happy when they hear you the way that you're discussing what they have to do. <laughs> I don't. Then again, they might be really happy. Yeah. <laughs> really. A daily crank. <laughs> All right, boys, get the crank out. Well covered in mayo. <laughs> well, you know, you, you go with your, your strengths, but, you know, some other useful things uh, that, uh, like I said, Mr. Lord Sorkin was uh, bestowing upon me. Like, I, I was writing in this notebook, I guess I was reading, watching these videos, and it would just, like, he would say something that would be, like, so, to me at least, so profound that in the notebook, I would just write Aaron Sorkin says, and then like quotation marks. And then I got sick and tired of having to write that all out. So I just shortened it to ASS Aaron Sorkin says, <laughs> so there's all these little ass mark ass comments, you know, in my That's notebook, funny. but he had mentioned um, taking like some of your favorite scenes from books or from movies. And then you rewrite them the way that you would kind of like to see them done. And that way you're, you're not having to create a whole universe yourself. You're, you're, you're strengthening that muscle with something that you're familiar with. And then that way you can sort of add your own dimension to it. You don't have to submit it anywhere. It can just be for funsies or whatever, you know. One of the, um, one of my friends asked me to read a book. I, I listened to it on audio. She, she narrates it herself, but it's Natalie Goldberg and the book is called writing down the bones. Um, and she did like an updated version of it where she sort of like the, I really loved the audio because she did, um, little excerpts off to the side that was like, okay, so since I wrote this, this many years ago, here's how my ideas have changed or solidified. And you don't get that in the book. So highly recommend the more current audio. Um, I got it. I got it from my library. So, you know, it's, it's out there. It's free. And she goes through this whole thing called writing practice. And she just writes every day, just empty out your brain and just just write and then try to fill a notebook a month or whatever you know i'm not at that point yet but yeah. um, and it's very similar to what you were saying is is it's just practice and try and fill of- a notebook a month yeah who does that oh yeah serial killers that's who. james <laughs> yeah, we know we go. know what we know our what you ser- do our james resident serial killer <laughs> we know but what her, you do her book you'll never find wonderful. the bodies <laughs> he knows how to hide them um her book is really wonderful. <laughs> They're all in Jim's <laughs> basement. Check the mayo barrels. <laughs> My um, God, Chief, here's another one. <laughs> mayo barrels. He's pulling a corpse up out of his big 55-pound 50 drum. 55-gallon drum of mayo. Just, uh, oh, God. 
<laughs> Sorry, Sam. God, you used to no, love their BLTs. Really I'm getting, I'm getting an idea for the one that's inspired by you, Jim. Oh, jeez. Okay. This it's is going to involve 55 gallon drums and mayo. And mayo. Is this Colby Rye? Is this is that what you no. in reference to? <laughs> no, Detective? but we we need to like get together as a group and write that because yeah. I fully yeah. believe in that idea. That, yeah, that whole. We need, you know what? We need know. to do it as an audio play. That's what we need to do. <laughs> we need to do it as a cookbook. <sighs> I love it all. I, we'll do all of it. All of it. I love it. The first detective series that includes actual recipes. It's fantastic, and I love all and, of it. Ooh, and so Colby to... went to his stove and turned the oven on to three twenty-five. <laughs> Let's start a WordPress blog and then we'll just keep adding to it. And then hey, you do it. You do it like those old detective noirs. <laughs> it all started I, in the kitchen. <laughs> I awoke in the lunchbox sized apartment that I had rented for far too long. It was a hot August summer day. It was the mail had gone bad. You could smell the, the, the toast rising up from the streets. City was on fire, ready to be brazed with justice. <laughs> the rent keeps going up, but I don't have that much lettuce. <laughs> how are we gonna get how are we gonna raise the bread? Easy. We'll get the cheddar. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we need the dough. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, is that sourdough or no? I got flour. There's always one that just doesn't understand the puns. Or just <laughs> it is that How the much... one human? <laughs> <laughs> a one human lost in a world full of sandwiches. Yeah, it's like a a side story from a, a Rick and Morty episode. He got left <laughs> in the world of sandwiches, and he's like, I don't, I don't understand. I walked through a green circle, and now I'm here. I just want to go home. I want you to go down to savory like sausage, pick up a piece of the pie. Blueberry or apple? Why is he still here? I don't, yeah, it's, it was weird because uh, somebody had mentioned back when uh, the old Big and Loud was around, like a good 90% of our episodes almost completely revolved around food. Uh, and, you know, a lot of my material, you know, though uh, humor, humorous in nature, uh, I seem to do my best work around food. I don't know, or, or like in the food genre, I guess. Dude, let me tell you what. Okay, so good food descriptions will sell a book. I'm not, I, If a book is about food or centered around food or takes place in a bakery, I fucking want to read it. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> so do you, are you aware of the... Uh... Um, the Bake Shop Mysteries. I know of them. <clears throat> is that the ones by um, what last name? Fluke. Angela Pillsbury. No, her name is Ellie Alexander. She lives. She lives in um, uh, Ro- Roseburg. Roseburg, wherever Roseburg. they have the. Uh, and they're they're based around this little uh, bake shop called Tort. Oh. Um, and the uh, the the gal who owns this little restaurant finds herself solving murder mysteries. Um, and they've got. Let me see if I can find the titles because these titles are really. Oh, I got them. Oh, do you? 
Meet your baker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, these are the cozy mysteries. A batter of life and death. Oh, God. <laughs> On thin icing. Oh. See, this is the sort of shit where, like, it could be a legitimately good and compelling thriller, but just the, the comedic gland in me is just like, this is dreck. <laughs> if this is... So, I'm actually... Uh, I actually met her. I'm kind of kind of friends with her uh when i was doing the the missy mackie show we'd have her on every every so often and we kept begging her to put us in one of her novels and kill us oh and she kept saying she was going to do it but i don't know if she ever did. that's hilarious i love it but it would have been so great it's like i've been murdered in fiction <laughs> well now we can murder you with a toothpick in sandwich fiction yes <laughs> the pick He's always in the middle of stuff, holding it he together. He got it right in the middle of the club. No one saw it coming. And who's always with the pick? That's right, his main squeeze, Olive. That's right. She's at the top. She's at the top of the pick. The pickle's Undis- always on the side. That's right. Know your place. Your wax paper. You're I want the- you to question each and one of these chips. Someone saw something. That's right. Don't let him give you the dip. <laughs> See, it writes itself, you guys. It does. It does. Like, too easily. The puns write themselves. The story is... <laughs> Story's Who trying needs to... a story when you have really good puns? People just, just pun. Like, they'll just... Yeah. The story has its themselves. head in the oven. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and I try to incorporate uh, uh, food in... Uh, the the kid's book that i'm writing because you know it's the the kid the main character harry fangs you know he's a spider and his dad's a brown recluse uh but he's also his dad's also an amazing chef but his problem is portion size so he he makes like uh for harry's first day of eighth grade he makes him his uh famous breakfast burrito but it's like it's so big it's like a torpedo so they call them breakfast torpedoes and he's like, uh, I, I'm running late. I got to go. And I take your uh, take your breakfast with you. He's just like, all right, I'll, I don't have time. Wait, where's the stroller? And his mom's like, no, put it in the basket of your bike like an E.T. <laughs> you know, just imagine like taking that, you know, so <laughs> it's like just sitting there. But yeah, I like uh, incorporating like the, the smells and like there's a lot of like it's starting off in fall. So I get to play with like the color of the leaves and everything else and 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 uh, describing Stuff about like how the 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 leaves changing were like uh, Mother Nature revving her engine, uh, telling uh, what was it telling winter to to, to cool down? Well, I don't know. Uh, that was actually Samantha. I'm so glad you brought that up, Jim, because that's something Samantha did really well uh, in in her little short story. There's there's a moment where they're they're talking about a smell, and she kept describing it, and and I love it when. Uh, any author does this uh, because I'm very, I'm very uh, visual. So when I read something, I can picture it like a movie in my head. Uh, but when you, when you add things like the smell. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, what? A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> I see but, the pictures in my head. But when you, when you add things like the smell and especially if <laughs> you describe it as something like we've all smelled. Something like we we can instantly go, oh yeah, oh yeah, and that's normally a pleasant smell. Yeah, 
But in, in the situation you had it, it would have been weird to smell that. Mm-hmm. Um, what was uh, what was the first book that you can remember as a kid picking up that just grabbed you and was just something that became it was like one of the first times when you realized that you know books can be as compelling and better than movies because they are the ones that we create in our heads earliest book i can think of and it's probably just because it was really interactive but you know you can put yourself into that world is um the grover book where he's going through the different uh the monster at the end of the book yes Yes, i love love that book (laughs) so we used to read that like my mom used to read that with me and it's like oh the page is full of bricks and we would go and pretend that like the page was full of bricks or that it was feathers (laughs) and we'd throw the book across you know whatever so that was one of my all time and that was like and I think again, because that really made an impression on me as a kid, <coughs> like, oh, this can be interactive, and you know, you can live it out in your imagination. Mm. Nice. Um, the first one I can remember, like, really seeing the world, um, uh, was when my mom read us The Wizard of Oz, mm. um, and I hadn't, I hadn't seen the movie. I didn't even know it was a movie. Uh, it was just my mom actually taking an interest in her kids for once. Uh, and she would read, she'd read us like a chapter or two a night and then send us off to bed. Um, and it was like when the, the, when it was time for bed, it's like, no, we want, we want a more, more. We want to know where this is going. We're, we're stuck for a whole day wondering what the hell's <laughs> going to happen next. Damn it. We're fucking invested lady. <laughs> <laughs> you got us hooked. So, um, so that, but then I went to, uh, I, I got to go to a book fair, um, at, at school and I was like third grade, I think. And I picked up, um, Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, I just reread that recently. And, um, I bought it because the cover looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I knew the Jekyll and Hyde story. So read that and, um, I had my mom got me these like uh, like abridged books for for young readers, but it was like classics like Robin Hood and Moby Dick and um, Moby Dick one Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. I I ate those up. Um, so You're supposed to read read them. You're supposed to read. Yeah, but we didn't them. have food, Jim. Eat them. So. <laughs> we just had. We were poor. Okay, and you know what goes great with a dry book. Mayo. Mayo. God damn right. God damn right. We are back there. <laughs> yeah, when I was young, I was I was a pretty vor- voracious reader. Like I I would read everything I could. Um and I think it maybe kind of gave me a little bit of an ego cuz in class when you would read aloud, like I was really good at it and I would hear other kids kind of stumble through it and I just oh, come on. <laughs> That's how I knew he was destined for radio. <laughs> and to crush this, the just the dreams or uh, or just the feelings of you know the, those around him. Well, I didn't say it out loud. Today, Junior, come on, let's go. I was just thinking that. Good gravy, stuttering Stanley over here. Good mayo, sir. Good mayo. Good mayo. I say good mayo to you. 
say good bail. I say good bail. Um, for me, uh, when I was in elementary school, uh, I had to go to see the uh, the therapist there, and uh, on recess times. Uh, she started reading me uh, a book called uh, The Mouse and the Motorcycle. And it's about this little, ra- little mouse named Ralph living in this, uh, this old rundown uh, hotel. But like the, the cover was like, man, like it was a book that I would have like never decided to pick up uh, and just kind of glance at me like, yeah, mouse and the motorcycle looks kind of cool, whatever. But the when when listening to it read to me, because I was like, I would hate having to read it myself because of the dyslexia. But when someone read me a book, I loved it. Oh, my God. Because it was like this was this was like I was putting all these pieces together. Like James was saying with the pictures in your head, you know, you can put all these pieces together and uh, the whole bit about meeting this little kid and him sneaking in little pieces of his peanut butter and jelly sandwich and uh then the kid gets sick and and ralph ends up saving his life or whatever and like this gives him this motorcycle that can run provided he makes a a a sound with his mouth that sounds like the engine like it was just it was like it's so adorable right and they may make a helmet out of half a ping pong ball and a rubber band like all this shit like i remember like 45 fucking years old i still remember that shit from back then and i can remember like how I imagined the the hotel to look, everything else. And then years later, they made a movie of it, and I remember like uh, I didn't see it in the theaters, but I saw like when it got played on TV. And I was just sort of looking, I'm just like, nope, wrong, no, that's not right, huh? Uh-uh. And they're like, little Jim does not approve. Like, bro, it's a it's a movie about a mouse. Like, nope, nope, that didn't happen, and that happened first before this happened. Oh, this is horrible. I'm writing a letter. No, you're not. You're right. I'm not. But I a could. strongly worded letter covered in mayo. <laughs> no, I write it written in mayo. mayo. Yeah. I got a quill and a little inkwell, but it's just filled with mayo. <laughs> I never get any farther than testing the quill. I just like ah, mm, ah. <laughs> just keep dabbing the quill under your tongue for inspiration. That's how I get the juices flowing. No. How's that letter coming? Almost done. started. Um, oh. started. Running low on ink here, though. <laughs> the irony is oh, delicious. Do we have any more best foods in the fridge? <laughs> oh, it, that reminds me a little bit of um, like having to make the sound with your mouth. Is like, That reminds me a little bit of um, Watership Down because the rabbits have like their own. Oh, well, not that the movie is terrifying. The book Four is feet good, two feet but, bad. Um, they called what they called cars like herditors, herditor, herditor, because that's the sound that they made as they drove by because they don't know the word for car. And I just like stuff like that. <coughs> well, maybe like they nice knew the intelligence level of the driver and they're just like, yeah, that's a herditor right there. Look at that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Here, here comes, comes another herditor. Watch, you're going to try and parallel park. Watch you go on the curb. Boom, <laughs> called it. You're good, Phil. You're good. How do you do it? I mean, baga, baga, or whatever the fuck birds say. <laughs> uh, Velveteen Rabbit was another one that was one of my. Oh favorites. my god, Velveteen Rabbits! That one, that one, like, maybe sad. Yeah. Like legit, like it's one of those ones that was another dimension that I learned about 
books was I'm just like, oh, so they're not just all super fucking boring. Some of them can be really entertaining and some of them can make you laugh and some can tear your tiny pre-adolescent still beating heart from your chest and just stomp on it. And I'm like, somebody published this. This was this was me. Why this do you hate children? This was a long con. You suckered me in to, to just kick me in the, the feels. There is a book called A Little Life by an author named Hanya Yanagahara. And it's like 800 pages of pure torture to your heart and soul. I have oh. not read it yet. I'm a little, I'm rarely, rarely am I intimidated by a book, but this one is a little intimidating, but Ryan, if Ryan goes out of town camping in August, I'm going to read it while he's gone and I'm going to vlog it. <laughs> uh, Cause I watched yeah, a this blubbering mass of tears and mayo. Well, a couple, <laughs> a couple booktubers that I, that I watched did oh, that my. vlog and I'm just watching these girls crying and I'm just like, Oh my God. But like, I want, I want that. Book. I want to be miserable too. Well, that's the thing with like, with like readers. It's really funny. It's like, Oh, is that going to make me cry unreasonably? Give to me like a fault in our stars. I read that in like a day and by the end of it i was a sniveling snotty crying mess. Say, that's a bad day that's, that's a, a bad day ba- that's bad a good day. bad day though I, I didn't read the book but i watched the movie and that <laughs> just tore me to shreds i um, didn't want to watch the movie because i had read the book and i'm like no no um one that Jones. that messed me up both movie and and book was uh a walk to remember Oh. That was that was not a fun time. Well, this has been fun. Uh, <laughs> hey, anybody read Schindler's List? I think there was some <laughs> um, some funny Nazi comic strips in the middle to keep you entertained <laughs> in between the, the torture and the sadness. Yeah, I loved pages. I loved reading those Calvin and Adolf strips. Right, <laughs> Sputnik Spiff. <laughs> we land on deserted planet comrade we go we look for a tuna fish sandwich for my friend tiger here more russian than german but you get i mean we got there i mean yeah long long way around park really long way around. <laughs> yeah um Charlotte's Web, Where the Red Fern Grows, mm-hmm. Old Yeller. These are books that, you know, as a kid, I kind of like would laugh off because it's just like, how's a book going to make me sad? And the book's like, hold my metaphorical beer. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a meme that was like, this is why my generation is tougher than yours <laughs> with like all those books. Yeah. You got Pete the Cat. We had a fucking spider and a pig have a friendship that would last for, you know, the ages and ended and you just, oh my God. So oh, let me, let me ask farm. you this. Uh, did, was there a book in, in high school uh, that you had to read that you were like, oh, this is going to suck and ended up loving? Of mice and men. Uh yes. Flowers for Algernon. <gasps> oh my God, my heart. And uh, the movie adaptation from the seventies, which was a little, a little weird, 
uh, Uncle Ben from Spider-Man during his experimental college days. Um, I don't know. Are you familiar with the story at all, James, of uh, Flowers for Astronaut? Yeah, I read that one, too. It's it's really kind of heartbreaking. Um, so it revolves around this guy, Charlie, who is a handyman that is very, very slow. He's got a very low IQ, and uh, he likes to pal around at this one bar or whatever and the guys there they work at this uh, factory or whatever and they they make fun of charlie but charlie thinks that he's part of the group or whatever uh the whole time they're kind of like demeaning him and then somehow he becomes friends with these scientists that are doing this experiment to see if uh they made this medicine that can help improve brain function and so they use him is this uh, lawnmower man kind of because they give it to him and he becomes very intelligent and like uh, his brain expands and like he becomes a brilliant mind, but then he becomes so brilliant. He realizes that the experiment that the scientists had done is is flawed and that his, uh, his effects are going to wear off and he's going to be worse than he was before. So now you see this brilliant mind self-aware and realizing that it's going to have to go back into this broken shell. And oh my God, by the end, it's an Algernon was the name of the mouse that he was uh, basically being tested against when he was, you know, slow. And, uh, and when Algernon, the mouse died during the, 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 the experiments or whatever, just because of old age, they weren't like, you know, putting makeup and shit in his eyes. It was like, it was like mazes and cheese. It wasn't like, you know, there, there was like Peter trying to break in free Algernon. <laughs> right? It wasn't that, it wasn't quite that severe. But when, probably kill him anyway. But so Algernon dies and it like, it super affects Charlie. And I'm sitting there weeping my, my freaking freshman eyes out, like about this guy crying about a mouse. It's like, it's insanity. But it's, I mean, when a book gets a hold of you, man, ah, oh, it's a thing of beauty. Yep. Yeah. For it, oh man, flowers for that was a rough one. Um, like I said, uh, of mice and men and Brave New World. Uh, for me, it was uh, To Kill a Mockingbird uh, and The Scarlet Letter. So, can I make a bookish? Mm. Um, I, uh, I'm going to out myself for something. Um, I never read uh, Harper Lee's. To kill a mockingbird nor i i was supposed to that's okay i haven't read of mice and men so i don't like it's only like 80 pages <laughs> i don't like being told what to read so i have a very hard time with it <laughs> and i've never read it and like every classmate i've ever had is like it's my favorite book of all time and i'm like <laughs> i don't care <laughs> it's it was um i I really but... wasn't expecting what it ended up being. Yeah. Uh, and it's been a number of years. And, and uh, for some reason, I keep thinking about it. And like, I would like to, to reread it. Just well, to, welcome, mostly welcome. just to see if I remember it correctly. Mm -hmm. um, and that sort of thing. But also to see if it holds up for me. Yeah. Because uh, I know it's supposed to be such a quack, uh, classic. And I remember like as... At, when we were assigned it, like I had no interest in reading it, like none. And I kept procrastinating. Um, but then I was like, finally, well, you know, I've got to do this assignment. So, um, and I tore through it. 
I just tore through it and I could not believe how much I enjoyed it. Um, Welcome back to Not Another Book Report. Uh, up next, <laughs> we have uh, young James Robinson, and he is going to give his review of To Kill a Mockingbird. James? So um, it's the story of a bird who uh, is just going around mocking everyone. Look and at you. Oh, look at this asshole. Just, just being judgmental and fucking... It, it, it might as well have called the bird Karen because I mean it's a total Karen. To and so Karen eventually bird. the town just gets together <laughs> and they just plan how to fucking get rid of Karen. Wow. They're just sick to death of her bitching and whining and judgment and so, snark, and uh, they kill her. And it's so they, beautiful. So this book's about how to lynch a bird. Yeah, or a woman named Karen. Yeah, Karen Mockingbird is her name. <laughs> Was. Used to be. Did you guys ever read the short story, The Lottery? Yes. Oh. You know? oh. That was a fucking brutal. Did not see that coming. Yeah, that was a Shyamalan twist. That, <laughs> oh, so good. So The Lottery is about this, this town. And, and once a year, they get together and, and they have a lottery. And the, the person who wins uh ends up getting stoned to death yeah that's how the uh they do it is uh there's this uh these containers and you reach in and you're supposed to pull out a stone and if you pull out a black stone then you're good I've but if you pull out a white stone then you win didn't they do that <laughs> they're so running uh i'm sure it's been uh, adapted uh i've seen the play at least as well, which was great. Well, plus I'm a Catholic, so I mean, it kind of comes with the territory. It's like, oh, we call that Tuesday. <laughs> we call it, you know, the lottery. Um, yeah, the that one. And uh, I remember reading, uh, or at least us digging into uh, our town, which uh, I read. I remember like suffering through uh, reading it by myself and being like, this is dumb and confusing. And I don't I know it. of and our I, town, but I can't remember if I read it or not. It's, it's a weird kind of like look. I know at, it's like a big play that like every high school does at some point. Kind, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a staple, but uh, from my recollection, it, it deals with like, the like the idea of like eternity and how like uh you get to live one day over and over again for eternity and uh the 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 one character ends up you know just begging to be like take me back up the hill and put me in my grave i don't want to have to you know experience this anymore it's a it's a crazy story but when uh i read it my the first time i'm like okay this is like i said dumb and confusing but when the teacher actually started pulling it apart and explaining all the things that I had kind of sped past or didn't really give enough of a consideration for, uh, that was when I was really blown away by the ability to take a story and just create this world in it, but do it in such a masterful way that 
the the plot is pulling you down this this in this one direction and then just completely sideswipes you from like a, a completely different dimension and then you know before you know it, you're like god damn this is a great book yeah we read that one death of a salesman and the crucible oh death of a salesman god mm-hmm. damn it and for me it was the the crucible i remember really liking death of salesman because they're plays and i'm like why are we reading a play and uh, it doesn't make didn't, <laughs> didn't make sense to my underdeveloped teenage brain and then when we're as we're reading them i'm like holy shit and like the crucible was like that one for me i was like oh my god <laughs> i just imagine sam like uh like chang from community like in the back of the classroom, like every time they're like, all right, and up next, we're going to read uh, Death of the Salesman. And Sam's like, play <laughs> instead of gay play. No, really? That's, uh, in my head, I thought I'm like, this is going to smash. This is going to kill. Yeah. James looks confused or nauseated. Or I'm trying to. So there was there was a book I read in eighth grade. It was part of the, the my English class. <laughs> and I. <laughs> I just now found out I've had the name wrong. Um, I thought it was called a raisin in the sun. Um, oh no, that's a different one. Yeah. Um, but Sidney Poitier was in the film adaption of the book and I'm trying to find oh, out Lily's for the field or uh... is that the, cause I, I, it's the one where he ends up building the... a chapel. Yes. Yeah. Is that Lily's, Lily's in the field? Well, yeah, Lily's for the field. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I watched the movie with my mom, and oh my god, these fucking nuns run a total scam on this nice guy, who is just like he's cruising through town, right? Car overheats because it's in the middle of fuck nowhere, and uh, he's like, you know, can I stop and just put some water in my car so I can continue through? Like, oh yeah, that's fine, that's cool, it's great. We're just over here chilling, you know. We don't have a a chapel or anything sure it'd be nice if somebody would just you know build one build one yeah and and it's like okay well like okay maybe if they've got like all the you know the, the supplies you just need a guy like maybe like you know a couple of months just knock it out no this motherfucker goes to town gets a job buys supplies and builds this shit to get Aww. these ladies off his back and i'm like God, yeah damn. they they totally guilt shame him into building these this thing and of course right. it's a black guy yeah and white nuns oh yeah the night he's trying they and they're sacrifice like, him at the end no god they him in some everything hell. sam that's what i figured when <laughs> oh is there a problem better sacrifice him I'm like poor guy uh, i'm just thinking like, like a, a, an old version of get out <laughs> well it's 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 also <laughs> a black and white version of get out <laughs> it's also there's like a language thing because the nuns don't speak english i think they're like yeah german. Broken. yeah they're german nuns or and, prussian uh, like like they're they're i think they were german i want to say they were german yeah yeah um but yeah so there's like this whole communication thing like they're telling him what to build and pointing at it and stuff and and he's like clueless and still somehow through this uh inability to communicate he builds them a chapel yeah because like they're gonna go to church the one time and uh he's gonna drive them yeah yeah they have a car so of course guess who's gonna, like, how did you exist before <laughs> this poor schmo got stuck in your web ladies how, how did you exist they and wanted so to call it driving him. sister Daisy, but that uh, was, you know, <laughs> stuck with the nuns. 
Sister Act was the original title. There we go. <laughs> Nonsense. Ah, uh, which uh, is an actual play, but uh, no, um, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. He drives them to this truck stop, and he's like, "Okay, so you guys are gonna have churches." You guys can hitch it from here, right? It was like, yeah, he's like, "Where's the church?" And it's like on the back of this pickup truck, and there's this priest who just kind of lives in a Winnebago that's like next to the pickup truck. It's like a weird situation at this gas station. It's like, come <laughs> for the gas, stay for the salvation. Like, what? Is these prices? Are you kidding? <laughs> I recently read this crazy book. Peter's uh, Gas and Confession. Bless <laughs> <laughs> me, Father. It's been five go. years since I've gotten inspection. <laughs> <laughs> I Here's, just had this... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Please stop this... me. <laughs> stop it. I just read this crazy ass book um at the beginning of the, like a couple months ago and it it's called Summer Job and this girl needs a job and she gets gets a job at a at this huge And her name is Summer. Hotel. No. Oh. But her job is during Autumn. summer. Uh yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> and uh she Sorry. finds herself in between two warring satanic groups. What is this book? It's called Summer Job. You, you now have Jim's interest. <laughs> and it's it's nuts. And the ending I kind of wasn't expecting. I was like, oh my goodness. But it reminds me because the, the leader of one of the cults, one like because they're like warring satanic cults, and the leader of one of the cults lives in like a Winnebago in the middle of the woods. <laughs> warring satanic. I mean, it's kind of reassuring to see that even the Satanists can't get it together. Right, like even they're fucking it up and 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 having to fight against each like they can't like there's no one girl that's like they've clearly got it all figured out. <laughs> even the Satan's like, no, we worship better. No, we do. Look, we've got ram horns. Look, we've got goat leggings or whatever. Yeah, and they both like swear that they're right. It's just it's all screwy. What's, What's it called again? Summer Job by Adam Cesar. Thank you, Adam Cesar. Uh, that He's is written what... a ton. Like I've read a couple of his books now. Um clown in a cornfield <clears throat> was really good shut up and take all of my money if you have a kindle unlimited all of this guy's books are just really on the nose they really are but they're fun they are so fun like clown in a cornfield was like reading a movie like it's it's easily going to be adapted into a movie and he's coming out with a second one because the clown's name is friendo and the second one is coming out and i'm like super excited about it but it's it it was so good. And then Ivy Tholen, uh, who wrote um, Tastes Like Candy. And it's a slasher that takes place in an old abandoned, um, like, circuit, like, park. So brutal and so good. <laughs> I've been insane. wanting to read a lot more horror, so I've been upping my So you've books. done that. Yeah. And then Ivy, yeah, Ivy Tholen and Adam Cesar are, like, my two new favorites. But, um yeah, so I don't normally read um, nonfiction very often, but <gasps> I just I got a clown in a cord field. <laughs> this is like, where's Waldo? <laughs> yes. Like, oh, oh, you should this. let me give you a link, because if I give you an affiliate link, I get money for that. <laughs> anyway, oh, I'm okay. looking I'm looking for the uh, audiobooks because um, mm-hmm. I can I can listen to audiobooks while I'm at work a lot of times. So, yeah, it's, it's worth it. 
for uh, for Christmas uh, a year or two ago, I got uh, a book called um, "The Longest" or the 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 craziest beer run in history, or something uh-huh. like that. And it is apparently the true life story about this guy who uh, it's New York during uh, the Tet Offensive uh, during the Vietnam War or just before the Tet Offensive of the Vietnam War. Now, obviously, no one knew what was going to happen. And just before all that went down, there's a bunch of uh, locals uh, hanging out in this New York bar. And they're all getting shit hammered. And they're all like hoisting up drinks, you know, for their friends that they've lost and the friends that are still waiting to come home. And the topic comes up, as it often did, about how, gee, wouldn't it be great if we could buy our boys over there a beer? Well, the one night this guy gets it in his head. He's just like, why not? And so decides he's going to get a shit ton of cases of beer. And he used to be in, I guess, the Merchant Marines or uh, he used to, he had like an old outdated uh, license that allowed him to kind of travel internationally on boats, but it had expired and he'd retired, you know, uh, years before, but he decides, fuck it. Why not? And so he gets a couple of duffel bags filled with beers and cons his way into the center of this Vietnam conflict and he's like, he had a list from the guys at the bar. Like, okay, if you know this guy, he's in this company. If you see him, give him a, you know, give him one for me. And like, uh, the description of the story is is like so compelling because there are these guys that are in the middle of a straight up firefight, and then in comes this guy. He's not wearing fatigues. He doesn't have an AK in each hand. He's got a duffel bag full of Pabst Blue goddamn ribbon. <laughs> And a, like a Hawaiian shirt. He's like, hey, what's going on? Like fucking Frenchie, whatever the fuck the guy's name was. And uh, the story just gets crazier. And like, you remember the scene from Good Morning Vietnam after like there's that big explosion in town. And it's like, it's just total chaos. Like, There's a lot of that uh, descri- description in the book. And it's from such a, a unique and uh, compelling um, viewpoint this the, the the whole uh effects of the Tet offensive and just this guy who would sweet talk his way in and like if you just if he just bluffed i mean obviously you couldn't get away with it nowadays but if you just bluffed enough uh most of the time people thought he was like cia so all he'd be like you know i just need to get to this place to be like, oh yeah yeah sure no problem and, like, and, sure, a, go right ahead. and you can't tell anybody i was doing oh, of course not of course not why so, would like, we was, do that? Like, and you're like, so there's funny. no fucking way this would work. And then, like, the it, it's crazy. And he managed to meet almost or, or see most of the guys that they had the list for. And then when he came back to the states, he was like a, a teamster or leader of the teamster union. Like, this guy lived a crazy fucking life. <laughs> but the book was called "The Longest Beer Run in History" or something like that. And it's okay. like I said, I don't normally read nonfiction, but this I'm one was that. like so bizarre, I had to. That's funny. Yeah. I love it. My all-time favorite nonfiction um, is called Radium Girls by Kate Moore. Does that sound familiar? 
Well, there's a show about it now, and I believe there's a play coming out. But um, it's about the women from World War II who were painting, who would, because uh, they discovered radi- radium. Blue in the dark. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Blue in the dark. So they would paint the, uh, like, uh, watches. And then um, when the war effort started, their con- contribution was painting the glow-in-the-dark dials for the air- for the plane dashes and stuff. So they wouldn't have any lights or anything. Um, so what they would do is they had these super fine paintbrushes yeah and they they kept telling them them to lick them to keep them fine to keep them nice and fine so they could paint and just you're reading this book about these women that are just their bodies are just deteriorating and no one knows why and no one will admit that it's the radium and it's like that it's it's really tough to read sometimes but it is phenomenal and another one that i read i think we talked about this before is sex cult nun which is about the children of God church. Yeah, that nun's bad fucking ass. Both of those are just, they're so good, but they're so tough to read. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Radium Girls, I recommend it to anyone who's like, oh, I don't know about nonfiction. And I'm like, oh, oh, but wait. <laughs> I James- have a recommendation for you. <laughs> James, do you have a, a nonfiction one to close this out? I actually have a collection of them. Uh, I went through this phase where I was just eating up autobiographies uh, for musicians. And the one that actually kind of really not haunted me, but disturbed me was Belinda Carlisle's. Mm. Wow. That bitch went through some shit. (laughs) Um, She, uh, like she was so from the go goes, yeah. She was so open about her cocaine addiction and how it nearly destroyed her. Yeah, like over and over and over again. And she she got clean, and then something would happen, and her life just was feeling like it was falling apart. So it's like, do 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 do. Hey, bring me a key. You know, it's like fucking. You just got clean you just kind of put your life back together and you're going down that road. And it was, it was an interesting look inside the psyche of an addict. Mm. Um, and, and, and not just her, but like I've read quite a few uh, autobiographies for, you know, musicians and, and stuff. And, and especially when they start talking about addiction, uh, when you can, you can, kind of tell when they're being open and when they're just kind of skirting the issue. Uh, And yeah, hers was just like, Nope, here I am. This is what I did. Not ashamed of it because without all that, I wouldn't be here, you know? So um, yeah, bless her. That one was like, cause you just figure, Oh, you're Belinda Carlisle. It's all sunshine. No, she was, you know, she put on a brave face for many years and hid all of her deepest, darkest secrets. Like it was, it was astonishing to read, but also I've read, I've read some autobiographies from, from porn stars that you expect would be like, Oh, this is going to be dark and terrible. And Nope. They're like, everything was great. Everything was great. Awesome. (laughs) When you are part of a team. (laughs) Like, well, this team is- anal, yeah. <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> um, so yeah, I read, hashtag I read, you. um, <laughs> who's who, which one was the, the gal that uh Trump paid off? Oh, Stormy Daniels, Stormy yeah. Daniels. Stormy Daniels, yep, I read right. hers, Stormy Daniels, <laughs> Jesus, man. 
that lady put up with some shit from Trump's people. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, it's it, it. she talks about, like, uh, you know, getting started, meeting her husband, and, you know, living the life, and then everything goes wrong with the Trump thing. She got divorced because of the Trump thing. Like, the guy stuck around. She was a freaking porn star. The guy's like, yeah, cool. Trump starts it, and he's like, I'm out. You know, when when the the threats to their daughter got so much, that's when he was like, "No, I, I'm out. I can't do this anymore." You know, so it's uh, I I really love a good autobiography, especially if it's someone that I've admired. I, I'm sitting on Ronnie James Dio's biography. I haven't uh, I haven't cracked that one open yet. Sally Fields is really good. There's Sally a lot of really Fields. good ones. I um, I just got through all of the all three of the the Bob Woodward, <laughs> the Trump trilogy. Oh, um, I've only read one of them. How are the rest? Uh, I got them all on audiobook, uh, yeah. so I could listen to them while I worked. And oh my god, we were so not privy to so much stuff. That I think I I think I may have the reason behind maybe some of your your fatigue or your your. Your mental <laughs> unhappiness. If this is the shit you're listening, this is the background noise. The sound of like the planet just eating itself. That's like this is the background. This that's what's again serial killers. That's what they would do, you know, while they're shoving corpses into jars of mayonnaise. They're listening to shit about Trump. Is this what yeah, you want? By Dan? the way, Jim, uh, look behind you. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, there better dead. be a sandwich involved. Okay, <laughs> it's a lot of mayo, a lot of mayo. Spread it on. <laughs> Hellman's or Miracle Whip? Hellman's. Hellman's. Miracle Whip is gross. Thank yes. You. Yes. Who, who the fuck not... eats Miracle Whip? That's right? a psychopath, psychopath right there. Yeah. <laughs> that was something that I saw as like a, a luxury item because like, you know, the, the I, I was Pope. So we didn't have the fancy, fancy mayonnaise. We had the regular mayonnaise. Well, the regular mayonnaise is good mayonnaise. Yeah. So Miracle Whip and light mayonnaise, whoever invented light mayonnaise should be just just fucked in half with the chainsaw. My humble opinion, just taken to a, a room and humbly, you know, just humanely destroyed in, in whatever fashion. With, with the chainsaw. <laughs> it's mean, just going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you, right? Just whatever's handy, whatever's handy. I mean, it doesn't have to be a chainsaw. I mean, it could be anything you got, you know, table saw, you know, <laughs> uh, you know uh, router. I mean, whatever you got, whatever, whatever is just, you know, going to cause a lot of pain. Hey, uh, what do you guys say next week? Provided everyone's here, uh, we play a round of uh, pitch slapped. I love it. I uh, I will do. I my believe best. Samantha was the winner last time, so she will be the judge this time. Yay! So uh, it is up to us. Uh, you guys get your titles to me, and I will send those over to Samantha. I don't know if I will be available next week. As uh, the new how job dare you, Jim? Is... How dare you? It's How dare not, you come on and well, tease rough. us with your gymnast well, and then well, just take it away? Because that's what I do. That's what Are I do. Are you going to do my TikTok idea for your new job? <laughs> oh, my God. This 
the idea that can we talk? Should we talk about it real quick? It won't take long. It's up to James. Uh, I've got all night. I have nothing to do. <laughs> just, so uh, I'm a huge fan of paranormal uh, videos like Nukes Top Five and, yep. and whatnot. And I'll even slum it with some some Sir Spooks or some Slapped Ham. But uh, more than likely, uh, I love videos where usually if it's someone's working someplace and it's like late at night and they like, where like, weird shit happens at some places. Sam's like, you know, you should do that at your job, but make them like really super obvious of like, you know, like you can see a big like a rope like dragging something. And like the thing is, when you said like, corner. yes, well, there's always like a face that's like poking at you from around a corner, and like, the, the, like you know, like it sneaks back. There is a goddamn Jonas brother cut out at the one end of my hallway that towards like when the sun go down and like the half the the hallway is in darkness because it's you use natural light. Uh it's terrifying because I just I can just make out a silhouette of something <laughs> standing near more shadows where the nightmare things are. And uh I'm like, oh yeah, it's fine. It's just a Jonas brother. Okay. But I love that idea of coming up with just some really super obvious uh, paranormal videos and being like, you guys, I don't know. It's, 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 getting, it's getting worse. It's you getting gotta get, worse. You, dude, get some of your students to come help you with that. And then it's like one of those things where you pan around the corner. And there's a guy in frame and you're like, dude. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see that? Did you see? It was so scary. Well, there's always like they go into a room and then like, you know, uh, they'll hear something, you know, get thrown against the wall behind them. I'll be like, I heard, yeah, hold up your I heard something and then in the throw a book. Did you guys heard, see that book? It just <laughs> I heard something in the gym and I'm like walking around and I just get beamed in the head with one of those dodgeball balls. <laughs> Bing. Oh. Just ghosts are dicks. Let's go, let's go all Blair Witch, get dinged in the head, and then the camera falls, but it falls in a way to see you standing in a corner. Yeah. <laughs> Sandwich. Just, I think it'd be so funny. Yeah, oh, <laughs> dripping with mayo. I'll have, clean that up. <laughs> I'll have one of the little, pat, little pillows of mayonnaise you can just tear off a corner. And I get fancy. I like getting just a tiny little hole in there so I can go in the library with the mayonnaise and little ribbons of mayo. Go in the library and stack some books. Symmetrical book stacking. (laughs) Put the chairs all on the table, like oh. (laughs) But like you accidentally leave the camera on and it's you stacking the chair and then pick it up, like oh no. Well, no, I'm a janitor, so I just like oh my gosh, these chairs. They're stacked, and then I just pan over, and there's my buddy Chris. He's like, yeah, dick. That's what we're supposed to be doing right now. <laughs> well, apparently the paranormal affects some people differently. Back to you, nuke. <laughs> <laughs> hand, hand him a little cup. <laughs> Give me a sample. So I need some all Ghostbusters on it. <laughs> You're right. No human would what? dare stack, books stack granola way. bars in this configuration <laughs> it's got legs great. listen do you smell that <laughs> no no i love oh you're right i just saw one um i go into the bathroom to do like the bloody mary so like i go in i turn off the lights and I'm like bloody mary bloody mary bloody mary whatever and then like i wait 
And then I hear this, um, yeah, can you turn the lights back on? And uh, there's no TP in my stall. <laughs> um, Was it Stephen Wright in the t- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I went to the bathroom today. And, Perfect. Uh, there's a ghost in there. <laughs> You should tell people your TikTok handle so that way they can go follow you in this endeavor. My handle is Broken Spoon because a broken spoon is another handle. <laughs> <laughs> my my handle is um, Light Mayonnaise because uh, I'm never right. <laughs> <laughs> It's the restraint for not wanting to like that as much as you did, Sam. That was the candy for me. She's uh, like, that was funny. Damn is, it. No, no. <laughs> my handle is Hellman's because we're in hell, man. Uh, <laughs> my name is Hellman's because uh, I want you to wear me on your head. <laughs> like a hell man. <laughs> It just devolved. We started with mayo. We ended with bad Stephen. Uh, we said Stephen Root. Stephen Wright. Stephen Root. Stephen, Stephen, Stephen Wright. News radio. Hey, some people are Root. Some people are Wright. Yeah. Some people are uh, listening. And with that, we bid you all a fond farewell. Awesome. Talk to you next week. Bye. Eat a sandwich. Thank you for listening to Not Another Podcast. There are so many places for you to find us outside of www.notanotherpodcast.com. For instance, you can find us on Facebook at Not Another Podcast. You can also find us on Tumblr at www.notanotherpodcast.tumblr.com. You can also find me, Samantha Stark, on Twitter at Samantha Stark 3 And you can find James on Twitter as well under James Spooky, spelled with an I-E, not a Y. And you wanted it, you asked for it, you got it. You can also find us now on iTunes under, you guessed it, Not Another Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out, Not Another Podcasters.